we're going to take a deep dive into the world of telebehavioral health here in Indiana with a focus on the Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth. Here in the studio today, we have with us Trevor Cunningham, Program Director, Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth, and Bryce Ray Nelson, Program Coordinator, Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth. So let's get started with a little bit of background information. Trevor, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Becky. First off, thank you so much for inviting us here. I know Bryce and I are extremely excited to talk with you today. My background comes, uh, I'm originally from Kokomo, Indiana, where we had a an, an incident with Ryan White back in the 90s. So my inspiration with public health came at a very young age, understanding equity and proper treatment of others. I found my passion for public health in my undergrad at IEPY, and I'm currently finishing up my master's in health administration and master's in public health at the Richard M. Fairbanks School of Public Health. Great. Thank you. Bryce, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Becky. So I was a biology major at IUPUI, graduated in 2016 with my bachelor's degree in bio, and then graduated in 2018 from the Fairbanks School of Public Health with my master's in public health um, with my concentration in social and behavioral sciences. Awesome. Thank you. Trevor, can you give us an overview of the Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth? Yeah, of course, Becky. The Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth is a, uh, well, currently is a three-year grant-funded program through the Health Resources and Service Administration, Federal Office of Rural Health Policy, uh, Office for Advancement of Telehealth. It's a consortium between the Indiana Rural Health Association and Luger Center for Rural Health at Union Hospital here in Indiana. We also partner with multiple rural hospitals, PPS and Critical Access. And currently, we are looking to test the effectiveness of telehealth compared to traditional face-to-face encounters. We also collect metrics per patient visit and patient level information and then evaluate and assess the overall impact that telehealth has on that rural community. That is awesome. And what was the inspiration behind the network? So the inspiration comes from a few years ago when the grant was written. We really saw a need for behavioral health in Indiana. Back in 2018, our mental health shortage areas throughout the state was around 63%. So obviously, we're not going to have mental health shortage areas in places like Fort Wayne, Evansville, and Indianapolis. So we really saw that the rural communities were suffering more than anyone else. In some of these locations, people would have to travel about 60 miles or 60 60 minutes round trip to the nearest mental health practitioner. So we wanted to make services available for them. We really wanted to work with hospitals so they are catering to their catchment area and really providing a unique service, a much needed service to their population. Great, thank you. Bryce, your team has had great success with implementing telehealth programming throughout rural counties as Trevor mentioned, can you explain how the patients have adapted to the telehealth model instead of the traditional face-to-face? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great question because when it comes to telehealth, you know, I don't know if you think about this, but a lot of times when I think about the history of telehealth, when it first came out, it was very controversial um, because I believe everybody is really used to that face-to-face interaction. And for the longest time, people believed that that was the only way to actually receive proper health care. Now, obviously, things have changed quite a bit with the age of COVID that we are all currently living in, where 
I believe people are becoming much more comfortable with the concept, specifically in rural areas. One of the things that we have found great success in is working specifically with a local provider to deliver these services. That's the first important step because in a rural community, it is so tight-knit that when something such as telehealth or a new service, new program comes into town, there is question of its validity, what's it going to do, what's its purpose. And so that helps to develop trust within the community. And from there, it's really just it's strategic marketing to really bring in the community, show them the benefits of this, and you know, explain the fact that it can deliver healthcare services that they currently don't have in their area. Very cool. Thank you. So I understand that Crossroads was recently awarded additional grant funding to expand services to rural healthcare partners. Can you tell me what this means for new service lines and how it will continue to help rural counties and communities in Indiana? Yeah, thanks, Becky. Um, I recently we applied for another Office for Advanced Mental Health grant. We received funding for four years, and that's to expand the network into teleneurology. We also have potential in the future for telecardiology, but at the moment we're only using it for teleneurology in the emergency department setting. This is incredibly new to Bryce and I. We have not worked in the neurology field before. It is uh, definitely a learning curve, but it is coming along very well. We have three current partners that we're working with, each one very diverse, a PPS and two critical access hospitals, and we hope to bring on another partner in the coming year. So as, as of right now, it's, it's starting very nice and easily. We're just waiting on a few pieces of equipment to come in and really try and cater to those small communities. I would say it's a lot different than behavioral health, mainly because we have a lot less patients that experience stroke symptoms, but it will be a very rewarding program initiative for those hospitals to give to their potential patients in their area. Absolutely. That's awesome. Bryce, when you first started working with the Indiana Rural Health Association, you were working on our Erskine program, the Indiana Rural Schools Clinic Network. And that was really your first foray into telehealth. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Great. So you've got a great background now as you start to work with behavioral health in the Crossroads program and then branch out into neurology. What drives you in developing and implementing programs in rural landscapes? Well, I think, you know, when we look at rural landscapes, we look at rural areas, studies have shown that if you live in a rural area and you don't have the appropriate access to health care that, say, you know, you would if you live in an urban area, you throughout your life are expected to suffer from multiple comorbidities and have a lower quality of life, a lower quality of health. And so as critical access hospitals and rural clinics continue to close because they operate so often in the red, you know, this really gives us the opportunity to put healthcare back into those rural settings. A lot of times we can quickly forget about the rural communities because, you know, being in an urban area, it's so fast paced and we don't have time for much else. But that's something that is so wonderful about the IRHA is that its sole focus really is the health and well-being of our rural population and and they need something like this and i think i mean that that drives me i i feel like that would drive trevor as well to just really deliver these services and and continue to work to improve the health of our rural populations 
Thank you very much. So Trevor, in regards to telehealth specifically, what opportunities and barriers have been presented in the Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth program as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Right. Yeah, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted a lot of things, especially in people's lives. I, I would say it's affected a lot of individuals when it comes to mental health prevalence. We're worried about more patients coming in for mental health treatment due to layoffs, economic strain, any type of cultural event that occurs, um, maybe a death in the family. So we understand that the prevalence is gonna be higher. I would say that I'm worried mostly about the providers we have compared to the ratio of population in the area. I would say that the government has been very flexible so far. They've done waivers to help alleviate that burden of coming into a traditional in-person meeting. So that has been helpful for having patients be able to be seen from their home rather than potentially being infected or exposed in a typical face-to-face setting. I would say that that has also been a great opportunity. I think we could see very large changes on the macro and even state level that could impact telehealth and maybe shine a light on its importance in the future. That's very true. 2020 has has been a strange year in many ways. <laughs> Nothing is, is normal or as usual this year. So Trevor, you did mention cardiology. Is that where you see the Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth going? And are there any other areas where you see that it might expand in the future? Yeah, extremely interesting point. I We had one partner when we were writing the grant that was interested in cardiology, potentially in the second year. So again, that's a new service line to me. So it'd take a lot of learning on both Bryce and I's end to fully accommodate that system, but it is definitely a potential. I could see Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth expanding gradually as the years go by when more grants come available or more funding opportunities come available. But for right now, I envision continuing behavioral health, neurology, and potentially cardiology. And who knows, maybe a potential for continuing Erskine's work with physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. Any closing comments that you would like to share? The the fun thing about telehealth is that it's constantly changing. Um, you know, I think I think you said it best when you said 2020 has been an unusual year. But I love Trevor's point that even in the midst of all this craziness, we've had so much opportunity to make such a difference. And so I think that that really is the final driving point for why we do what we do. It's the simple fact that at the end of the day, it's going to improve the quality of somebody's life. And I think that's a pretty amazing thing to work towards personally. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I would definitely echo everything that Bryce said. I think it also opens up opportunities for patients who otherwise would not get the services available. Obviously, we've seen instances where individuals would have to travel far to get the care that they need. So if they have two children that experience mental health issues or substance abuse issues or any any type of issue comes up, it, it may be hard for those parents or those individuals to find time in their busy schedule to travel those long distances and actually sit and wait for those appointments. So you kind of have the experience where a, a mother or father may have two separate jobs to attend. And so then who takes care of those individuals? So I think having proper services that are right around the corner in these small communities are just going to be life-saving. Thank you.
I want to thank both of you for your participation today in our podcast. I've enjoyed learning more about Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth. And if our listeners have additional questions, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can get a hold of me at T-C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at IndianaRHA.org. Great. And are there any additional handouts that you guys have for Crossroads? Yeah, of course. We can have one for behavioral health and one for neurology. That would be awesome. Great. I want to thank you for listening to A Virtual View. I've been your host, Becky Sanders. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes below. If you would like to support our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? If so, leave us a review with your idea or contact us at info at umtrc.org. Also, I'd like to give a special thanks to Josh Rodriguez and Francis Fitzgerald for scoring our podcast. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our editor, Caroline Yoder, who's been the brains behind making this idea of mine come to fruition. I couldn't have done it without her. Finally, a special thanks to the Health Resources and Service Administration, also known as HRSA. Our podcast series, A Virtual View, is sponsored in part by HRSA's Telehealth Resource Center program, which is under the Federal Office of Rural Health Policy and the Office for Advancement of Telehealth. The content and conclusions of this podcast are those of Becky Sanders as the program director of the UMTRC and should not be construed as the official policy or position of, nor should any endorsements be inferred by, HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. Thanks for listening and have a great day.